You know it's good when there's a part two. And this week we have our guest back again by popular demand. And we're going to use a word that you maybe have never heard before, unflappable. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. You know, I shot a duck once and it became unflappable. <laughs> Someone else's turn. Did you bring it down? Oh. <laughs> you know what? You can put that on my bill. Your turn, Randy. Let's go. You got to think on the You got to think on the You got to think on the fly. <laughs> This, this, this show is sponsored by Canada Goose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Come on, Randy. Uh, we're just pulling more jokes until he's ready. Uh, Welcome back, everyone. I mean, what did you expect? You turned on Kingdom Speak. It's Friday. It's been a long week, right? So we have to keep it light. We yes. have to keep it light. Yes. Um, before I read the review, can we give a shout out to one of our audience members who... Oh created us some of these custom leather, what would you call it? Like a journal cover? Yes. Yeah, I don't know if you can see that, but he's got our logo on there. It's uh, Italian leather. It's uh, very cool. Man. I've never met the kind sir who built these, but uh, they are very can you, fresh. Can you see that? Yep. Look at that. That is not Italian. Yeah, what is that? Duck. No, that I is, mean, uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> alligator. Wow. Wow. Salvador. Uh, he, how do we pronounce the last name? I We've only know. communicated over text. Yeah. Yeah. Moreno. Moreno. Thank you, sir. They're beautiful. If you want one, Look you can him. get one. Mm -hmm. He'll make you one. Yep. Check out his stuff. Yep. He even built producer Randy one. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, for my for my own camera. You guys all want to look? Got, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's, he's got, got some pictures on here. Very special stuff. It's a coloring book. Yeah, <laughs> premium. So thank you for premium that. stuff. Um, we appreciate our audience definitely. Yeah, especially hey, while you're talking merch. of this. Yeah, get this, get this. What you is this? This, not the mic. Okay. Oh, this. that's like a. It's almost quilted. It is, is it like, like it's, a it's, woven? It is. And it's like a silk. Wow. And can you, can they see it? Oh, yeah. You can't I can see, see it. it. I can see it. Can you read it? Yeah. What is it? Valer made in Italy. That's it. Wow. The Brother Madison Townley. There's only one of them, though. That's. I they was only needed going, one. Madison. I was, was going to bring it up into my eyes. He gave it to me. Look deep into my eyes. Shut his mic off. <laughs> I'm with him on this one. One tie at a table. I don't have a button with a drum kit on it, but so. I can like badoomch. So thank you. Thank yes, you the, thank you. Go check really Valer out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they keep us looking real. Awesome. Awesome okay. stuff. Thank you. All real, right. Real awesome. Real. <laughs> Good. Keep it real. Yeah. Now, speaking of unflappable, listen to this word <clears throat> from an audience member who wrote us a review. Okay. Prodigious. What? Just a minute. 
prodigious. Is, it, is this a compliment? One star review or five? Mm. It's like when you do phonics, prodigious. Prodigious. Yes. Prodigious. Yes. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. I wow. have had that word in my pocket for a while. Glad to find <laughs> such an amazing podcast to use it on. I would listen 24 hours a day if I could. Yeah. Come that's, on. That's a stretch. But anyways. And we'll, let we'll us get there. consider we'll get there. one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Thanks for provoking us. That's, that's awesome. from 14WV on Apple Podcasts. So we will say awesome. amen to that. Thank you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get so part twos are rare. But they're golden. If you flip back through our timeline of episodes, yeah. um, we reserve those for distinguished guests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. And you know, we, we've mentioned this before, but I love, I love what is, is happening. Um, we're, we're hearing more and more from our audience, and we love it. Mm -hmm. um, so we've said this before and, and, and got measured feedback. But when we said mm -hmm. at the conclusion of part one, let us know if you want to hear part two, mm -hmm. it blew up. Yeah. It blew yeah, it up. Did. There is a request mm -hmm. for part two. So we are back mm -hmm. with Pastor James Townley. Welcome. Yes. Hello, Ben. Man. Your episode um, on meekness, mm. it, it, it's hard to be meek when we're talking about this. It's mm -hmm. blowing up. Mm -hmm. it's, it resonated with our audience. So thank you for being meek enough to come on our humble show and discuss this in a bit more depth. Well, thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm glad to be back. Oh, man. Um, let's, let's jump into it. At the end of, of the show, we were kind of wrapping it up, and we could tell by looking at the notes you've made, you, you mentioned this is a whole lot more than one message anyway. It's something that needs to become <clears throat> a book, maybe, or something of that nature. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, but we could tell by looking at the notes when we were nearing the end of our time together that we we hadn't tapped out at all. Hmm. And in addition to that, we were we were ending up discussing uh, the the effects of some decisions that Moses made hmm. at the latter end of his career that cost him, even though he is a meek man. It cost him the privilege of leading the people into the promised land. So the, the responsibility of bringing them out of Egypt was, was tethered, if you will, by this decision. And he was not mm. able to bring them in. Yeah. And so we, we threw a question at you to try to set up for part two. And the question was this. As a leader... How do I keep that from happening? Is there, is there something that I can do to, to put a leash on that side of me that keeps me from making a decision that's going to cost me or hinder, limit 
how far I can go. Yeah. And that's why we're here Very today. Good. Well, I think there are some uh, principles we could look at, some uh, guidelines that we could follow that could help us mm-hmm. uh, continue to render meek service uh, yes. in the kingdom of God. Yes. And we certainly, as the servants of the Lord, want to mirror our master's meekness um, as we serve him and properly reflect his nature and his character. Um, so let me, let me begin by saying this, and that it is important that we effectively deal with all of the emotions that we feel and we experience within our heart and soul as ministers of the gospel or laborers in the kingdom of God. Very good. Um, uh, We can suppress emotions in that we can be a meek individual where we don't render evil for evil when we're treated unkindly or unfairly. Sure. Let's, Let's say someone, you know, blesses us out so to speak (laughs) (laughs) i like it blesses us out that's good Uh, we don't always get kind words for our actions right um you know so someone you know speaks to us and handles us in an unkind manner uh so we rule our spirit and we're not going to give them back harsh words for harsh words or or in consideration for inconsideration uh, we rule our spirit. We keep ourselves in check. We may not harm them back. Right. But what do we do with the hurt? Oh, that's good. And mm. what do we do with, with the wound that we have now within us? Wow. Because it's not just enough to walk away from the situation and say, well, I didn't respond back in an evil way. But if I don't deal effectively with the emotions that are there, yes, if I just suppress them, they're going to find a way they, in they an unhealthy will. manner to come out. So in other words, and so go ahead. Let, let me ask you this. So it, th- this keeps the meekness from just being a thin veneer that gets us through the heat of the moment. But mm. then it may come out if, if I'm if I'm tracking with you. It may come out against family. It may come out in other relationships. Absolutely. But just because we keep it in check doesn't mean we don't have to deal with it or else it will. Absolutely. Uh, that's That goes back to what I addressed last week, and that is all virtues have to have a balancing virtue. Ah, mm. so good, yes. So I can't be able to walk away from ever hurtful, painful situation and say, well, I didn't render evil for evil. Yes. Yes. There's got to be something that will help me deal with these emotions and these hurts, because if I don't, I will begin to render evil for evil. And I it, will crack. Right. And it, and it may happen. So I'm sure you've seen this where an outburst happens so far down the timeline from the event that you have a hard time finding the event. Mm. Oh, that's so true. Right? You're, that's very you're going, why, why, why are you doing this? And you have to, you've got to traverse because maybe that emotion is decades old. 
Yeah. That's very, very right. Uh, and so I, I, by the help of the Lord, want to be able to uh, share some things with you that have helped me personally wow. uh, deal with this. Uh, wow. Let's talk about it. And so, uh, you know, someone said this. Uh, I don't even remember where I found this, but I was studying one time about uh, people, you know, in other parts of the world or wherever that are snake charmers. All right. Now, I can't imagine someone wanting to, uh, you know, have a professional career in handling snakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. But uh, they say that the most dangerous part of handling a snake is not taking hold uh, of the snake. Yes. The most dangerous is letting it go. Wow. Yes. That's very, very good right there. Yes. Wow, man. That's where they're most apt to get bitten. Hmm. Wow. What does he say in Proverbs, which is, I know is, a, is, a, is not quite a parallel, but you know, it's like grabbing, grabbing a dog by the ears. Once you got it, exactly. now what do you do with it? Mm. <laughs> Let it go and it end well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it's in the letting go. Yeah. So how, how wow. do I let it go? How do I get it out of me? I mean, the hurt, the poison, the venom is there. We've been bitten, wounded, hurted, hurt, wow. offended. How do we let it out? Uh, and, and let it out in, in a, a healthy way. Right. That's, that's what we want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, I may just be a scattergun here. I was mm -hmm. intending to say this list for the end, but we're kind of jumping in it already. Uh, but number one, you know, prayer and forgiveness is essential. Absolutely. And I, I'm combining these two. They could be separated, but for, right. you know, time's sake. Uh, the Bible says, when ye pray, forgive. Uh, hmm. Wow. And so a prayer is our out. Yes. Prayer is our way of, uh, you know, experiencing the relief of the hurts. It's, it's where we go to God, we talk to him, and we confess what we feel, who we are, and our needs. And we pray things out and we pray things in. Yeah. And it, and it really is a safe place to talk about how you feel, isn't it? Not everybody can handle Absolutely. that. Absolutely. He is touched by the feelings, feelings of our infirmities. Wow. And, uh, you know, uh, that is the way we get to, uh, you know, through prayer, spend time with the peace of peace and uh, Prince mm. of Peace, sorry, yeah. <laughs> the peace of peace, Prince yeah. of Peace, and have the peace of God continue to be yeah. renewed in our spirits and in our hearts. Um, you know, we want to we want to mirror Christ's nature, and He is the Lamb of God. All right, mm -hmm. and so we want to continue to be the lambs of God and have that Lamb nature. Wow! All right. Wow. Uh, and so when we when we get provoked and we get angered, all right, we become upset. Uh, we have to go back to the place of prayer, spend time with the Master and the Gentle Shepherd. And let him bring peace and renew tranquility to our souls. And is this not 
is this not really what happened with Job as well? Sometimes that prayer has to be specific for those that have afflicted you or hurt you. Job, Job wasn't released and healed until he prayed for his friends. Absolutely. So right. And so it is essential to go uh, and pray forgiveness uh, and pray for our friends. Man. Uh, absolutely. So um, let me just say this. So we, we could be really angry um, about the fact that, uh, you know, there's, there's people in our churches that we can't change or people in our Sunday school class we can't change, children we can't change, or situations and circumstances we can't change. We may, we may walk away from these moments where we are upset about what is, Right or what is happening, right? The way things are, um, and we're really upset, you know. And we take it to prayer, you know. We take it to the Lord, and we seek His wisdom and understanding the matter and how to continue to act meekly and, uh, you know, make sure that the the decisions we make and the power that we exercise is life giving and it's it's not rendering evil for evil and harm. Uh, for harm that we've endured. So what, what I'm saying is, is how, how do we continue to render that um, meek leadership in situations where we can't ultimately change uh, how people are? Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. Mm -hmm. Very good. And, and, and I want to touch this in the area of forgiveness before I move on. And that is a part of forgiving, a part of letting go is mm -hmm. letting be. Ah, yeah, yes, sir. Wow, that's good. That's good. Yes, sir. Man, those All are right. hard now words. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a minister of the gospel, we're change agents. All right, we want to we want to help right. people grow and develop mm -hmm. and become. Right. You know, ch you know, change our church to, to be more dynamic and all. Change don't happen quickly, absolutely, or easily, and it, it, it's easy to get frustrated about what is and what is not changing, and it's not, right. it's, it's, you know, not conforming <clears throat> as quick as we would like, uh, and sometimes a part of letting go is letting be. That is and so that good. Is we have to accept the reality of what is. We could stay angry about the current state right. and what is, or right. we could say, you know what, it is what it is. Right. And that's not a small, that, that's not a small step. No. <laughs> that's, that's not. A, because the, the, the frustration can be birthed out of a sincere desire to see that person become. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and if you're in that point where you, you're wanting them to change more than they are. Mm -hmm. That's right. So the people of Israel were destined to go into the promised land. Moses knew it. If anybody knew it, Moses knew it. Right. But now he's dealing with an angry people that's just griping and complaining and fussing and not happy. They're thirsty. Right. They're so far from what he sees them ultimately becoming 
and he just gets upset right. about mm. who they are, right. what they are, right, what they've become. Griping, grumbling people, mm-hmm. always, always ready to turn back, and and he's just, I mean, he's ready to crack and go off on them, call them rebels, disobey God, smite the rock. Yeah, uh, this is this is where I'm going with this is that we can get caught up in the heat of a moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and unresolved issues within us can turn our meekness into a weakness, the virtue into a vice. Oh, that's good. Yes. Yes. And so we, we have to learn how to get that anger, that irritation, that frustration out of us. So that when these moments arise, we can continue to obey the Lord and lead the people to where God wants us to take them. Hmm. Wow. You know, it had to be bad for Moses, who was a meek man. Sure. You know, I think a lot, personally, I probably would have lost it before he did because he held out for quite a space of time. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't the first week. You know, it wasn't at the Red Sea when he decided to lose his cool. (laughs) That may have been the point where I was like, you know what? (laughs) <laughs> if you're already getting yeah. mad and forgetting where we're coming from, this is not the job for me. <laughs> yeah. You'd have been yeah. more on the flappable side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he held on for quite a while. He did. Yeah, that was after 40 years of leadership. Oh, man. You know, and, and this, this this could segue into a, a, into another discussion. Maybe this needs to be part three. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's term limits that were put on being a priest. All right. Yeah. Is uh, I've I've seen this. My dad, in my opinion, mastered transition. Our our transition has been mm-hmm. has been as as smooth as a transition can be between two people. But one thing that I've noticed in conversing with him as he remains in the role of bishop, it, we didn't just play a definition game. And he, he stays mm-hmm. senior pastor, but just called it bishop. Mm-hmm. He really did release. And there are, there are times when we discuss something that I'm going to him for that I can see the tendency, if he was still senior pastor, mm-hmm. where his grip on meekness probably wouldn't have been as tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Oh, that's good. Because he oh, knows. Yeah. That's good. With he's dealt with this trait, this 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 family uh, uh, propensity for fifty years. Yes, so he can tell me what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm telling you, this is what they're going to do. Yeah, and in his (laughs) mind, it's like the Chinese torture that drips. Yes, right. And, so and the this whole is, time he's just is building. <laughs> right. And this is not to be taken against him. No. This is no. to be, to reinforce the idea that he knew, hand the reins to somebody mm-hmm. that, that is going to deal with this and let me coach them. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's well said. Well said. Now, before we go too far, I, I want to be clear if I need to clarify (laughs) sure, Uh, the fact that 
power, apostolic power and apostolic authority is essential. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Necessary. Absolutely. But it is supposed to be life-giving. And it's supposed to be uh, saving. And it's supposed to bring comfort and peace. Yes. And yes. assurance. Yes. Not fear and worry. Yes. And uncertainty. You know. Right. Um, so it's important that that we understand that uh, we possess and we learn how to utilize well, effectively. And, and that, that comes back, um, Pastor Talon, to what you were saying a few moments ago about those emotions that have to be dealt with. We are given a command to be angry. Uh, there we go. Yeah. But sin not, mm. and not forever. Don't let the sun go down on it. So we, we there's there's boundaries around it, but he knows it's got to come out. Oh, that's so good. That's right. So Jesus himself got angry. Yes. But it was still controlled. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. As a matter of fact, uh, there was only once, maybe twice. Right. That Jesus ever really, you know, went into the temple and. Right. Mm. Right. It wasn't a Monday morning ritual. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Over there, he went in and overthrew the tables of the money changers. Right. And and so if it's if it's a continual act for a leader to just rant and rave and and voice frustration, something's wrong. Then, then yeah, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Um, but if if a person who is in leadership does. Uh, harness themselves and rule their spirits and um, they're careful in the moments where it is essential to throw over the tables of the money. But let me ask you this. The, the individual that finds themselves in that cycle, the leader yeah. that finds himself in a cycle that I would like to think even if he is in, he or she is in that, in that I just keep going back to this, this uncontrolled striking out. What is that rooted in? And we can't really unpack it all, but this is what this is what I want to ask you. Is it more in, in, in an identity crisis between what they feel the temple is supposed to be? Or is it, is it because he, he responded in anger when the temple was not living up to its divine expectation. This is my house, mm-hmm. and it's a house of prayer. Yeah. You forced another identity on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. is that is that leader pursuing an identity that is that that he's not got the grace to accomplish because it's not rooted in what God wants that house to be, and so he's frustrated. Yeah. Does that make sense? I hope I hope that came across. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I believe that uh, how can I say this? All right. I'm just throwing this one out make yeah. sure it's correct. <laughs> I believe an abusive apostolic action can be born of good intent. Hmm. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. And that they truly want the temple to be the temple. Right. And they're contending for, uh, Mm-hmm. the temple to be the house of prayer and not 
a den of thieves. Yes. And so they're, they're preaching, you know, whatever way or making decisions and handling matters in, in a very uh, sober, serious, you know, uh, passionate way. Right. Uh, am I answering your question as yeah. you intended it? Let, let, let me say this. Is, is, it, is the pursuit honest, but yet it's not the embracing of the fullness of truth because my perception of what it takes for that yeah. to be a house of prayer may not be what he says. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that, that, um, that, that begins a frustration loop, a feedback loop of, of, of frustration because I'm chasing what I think he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, there, there are so many layers, so I'm making oh. sure I, I know how to respond to this. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, some people... Uh, just to say it plainly, some people may render abusive <clears throat> apostolic leadership uh, because of their spiritual environment, the way they came up. That's sure. all they know. Sure. Right. Yep. Some people are misguided because they don't have the balance of the book, as I mentioned last week. Right. Mm-hmm. They and, really don't understand the weightier matters. And could there not be some that are more super sensitive to proper apostolic authority, but because they came out of an abusive one they mislabeled as well. Like these are all of the, these are all the facets of this one thing. Yes. And, and another thing uh, I wanted to address in the process was uh, discernment in spiritual warfare, because sometimes there are spirits that attack us in leadership that are trying to provoke us. Ah, that is the They're objective. trying to provoke us yes. to an abusive action. Yes. All right. Well, my mind immediately yeah. goes to where Jesus, you know, the Pharisees are trying to get him to say things and trying to get him to oh, totally. speak out. Totally. And he doesn't say a word, right? Which is probably exactly right. as effective as going in and kicking over the tables. It's just not the right thing at the right time. Well, sometimes it's the response that they're after because the improper response from you justifies their improper action. And so that's what they're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. And so, <laughs> since we've already gotten here, <laughs> this is one of my points. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to continue to render meek leadership, we've got to get a big O ignore button. Oh, yeah. 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 And say, all right, uh, I may be frustrated about what is, but a part of letting go is letting be. Mm. All right. Bro, I want to get so him good. to the promised land. Yeah. If you'd have just let it go, eh? And if I could ignore there's, human weakness right now yes and just mm. obey god yes and speak to the rock ah. yes but no i want to i want to i haven't dealt effectively with my emotions ah. so i'm tempted to to act according to how i feel this moment as a human being rather than a servant of the lord oh. and so if i'm not careful i'll become one that strikes the rock, which is, you know, I'll have that aggressive lion nature. Now you probably will notice over my shoulder, I have a lion and a lamb. I have noticed mm-hmm. that. Yes. 
The reality is in the kingdom of God, God needs lion-like lambs where both natures can peacefully coexist. Yes. Yes. A lamb who would naturally uh, be fearful of a lion can lay down with the lion. Mm -hmm. And the lion who would naturally ravish a lamb would stand near it. Yes. And so what I'm saying is, yes. is that we, we have to be lion like lambs. We, we have to have authority. We've got to be, you know, kings of our world, so to speak. And we've got to know how to take dominion. But we've got to do it in a healthy way. Oh, that goes back to what you said last week about in, in, in the haste, David, to rescue the lamb. You don't kill the lamb while you're killing what is attacking the lamb. That's exactly right. And in, so Christ, in Christ, these two natures peacefully exist. Uh, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he is the lamb of God. And this is what I say. If we can allow God to make a lamb out of us, he yes. can make a lion out of us. He can trust us with a roar. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. That. And so I, I may feel like being the lion right now. <laughs> right. But I may need to push that big O ignore button. Mm -hmm. all right oh which <laughs> which which says you know what i know where i want to go i know where god wants to take the yeah. people and i'm there not going to get distracted i know how god wants us to get there yes yes mm -hmm. and so i know what i'm going after so whatever I have to do in this moment to get the end result. I won't, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to give into what I feel. I'm going to stay on the journey Yes. as a leader that's meek and has got his power under control. How many destinations, Pastor Townley, do we miss leading the people to because we got distracted? There you go. Wow. That is exactly right. right? I wonder. I, I, I wonder. I mean, in a matter of total transparent um, confession. There, there's that aspect in every one of us. It's Peter on the, on the way, on the waves, on the way to Jesus that can only get as far as he stays focused on that destination. Mm -hmm. and, oh, that's so good. And, and, and if it gets distracted, he gets consumed by what distracted him. Yeah. Put it in a very practical term for a Sunday school teacher. Man, they were ready to teach Sunday school. They had been praying that week. They felt good about it. And then all of a sudden, that one oh. child. Child. Hey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That one. You know, yeah. That, you know, had the way it just, it can, it can just get their spirit all and, messed up. And, 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 ah, yes. And there's, there's, there's aspects of this, um, Pastor Townley, that has, I, I know you've seen it, as you're leading a spirit or attempting to conduct a spirit-led church service, okay? Mm, and, and I don't try to super spiritualize every trip to the bathroom, but some little kid's going to cry. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to oh, chirp. Yeah. Somebody's going to say something, and it's like, <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> right? right? 
And it happens, right? I believe it was my dad that, that told the story. He said that Brother Evans, Brother Roger Evans used to say that when the plane is taken off, everybody's got to sit down, put their seatbelt mm -hmm. on, tray yeah. tables in their upright and locked positions, and just hang on. Once we get this thing flying, you can go to the bathroom. You can stand up and check the luggage. You can get a snack. But while we're getting this thing off the ground, everybody's got to stay focused. That's good. Yeah. That is an excellent point. Yeah. And I even thought about if we want to do it when it comes time for the plane to land, <laughs> let's close this message. There you go. Get ready for the altar call. There you Everybody's go. Gonna sit back down. Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I seen that still. I seen that very thing happen. I won't use his name, but everybody would know him. An esteemed elder that built an incredible church. And I had the privilege to hear him teach. I was preaching the Sunday morning service. He was doing the Sunday morning Bible study before the main service while Sunday school was on. And he was wrapping up. And a few folks, they knew he was on the home stretch. And they stood up to go to the bathroom. He said, oh, just sit back down. He said, I, I, um, I, I, just got a, I just got a little bit more to say. And then you're going to be good to go. Yeah. And, and I was good. like, wow. That, that's he, he wanted to bring it home. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I could take it one step further. Uh, our congregation has reached close to the capacity that our building will seat. So okay. it means our noise levels yes. are higher than ever. Our distractions are higher than ever. We have yes. limited facilities, uh, you know, and, and sometimes these are results of growing pains, of yes. distractions mm -hmm. and irritations and a leader you know may need to take into consideration this may be a positive right frustration right this is maybe the result of a growing church that right. there's more right. distractions right than ever. the list can go on on and on uh so you know making sure we keep our perspective right and ignore um, button ignore button uh ah. you know the the term unflappable we've started using that Mm -hmm. The term unflappable means having or showing calmness in crisis. Ah. Wow. 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 And that needs to be the pursuit. That's what we want to do is be able to give calm, consistent, mm -hmm. anointed spiritual leadership, no matter what is going on in our world. Wow. Whether that's personally in a congregation. Sure. On and on. So we got to have that big, big, big ignore button. Wow. And be able to just, you know, put things to the side, the noises, the distractions, the whatever. The, the destination is worth staying focused for. Yeah. Listen, so before, in spiritual leaders, before yeah. we go any further, I need to interrupt you just for a second. Um, one of the worst things you'll ever hear as a first responder is the term man down. Oh, right. So if you're responding to a call, you hear man down. Yes. Uh, if you're responding, if you hear on a police scanner, um, and it's one of the worst things that you can ever hear. Um, we have good news. If you're a man down in the Memphis area. Yes. Let it be known that April 1st and 2nd, there is a man up men's weekend. There is yes. help for you. 
That's right. If you yes. are down, it's time to get, to get up. up. It is. Right? It is. Uh, if your personal life is down, if your business is down, if your emotions are down, man, you need to look these guys up. Yes. Uh, Pastor again. Caleb Adams and Christian Life Memphis is hosting mm-hmm. Man Up Men's Weekend. Zach Wells on Friday night, A Man and His God. Saturday morning, Tim Adams, A Man and His Business. And Ryan Hernandez, a man and his family. Check him out at manup.memphis. Mm-hmm. It's time to man up. Excellent. Great people, great conference. I believe it would oh, be. Oh, absolutely. Do whatever you've got to do to mm. get there. And we got more snow this week. So, Memphis, I hope you're uh, enjoying your More sun. snow, and they have some of the best food, barbecue. Mm hmm. <sighs> Almost as good as Cajun. Well, well, then there's that. <laughs> then there's that. Sorry to interrupt you, but we had to get that in. So yes, I was just thinking as great. as you were talking, Pastor Townley, that what you are describing in all of this is it's not the easy way to be a leader. No. You know, it, some people may say, "Well, you just don't have the guts to speak up and take care of an issue," or. Man, this is the hard way to do things at times, to swallow your own impulse and to just say, press that ignore button, as you say. It is. Uh, it takes a bigger man, right? It's the tightrope walk of, of not wanting to be that abusive mm-hmm. authoritarian, but not wanting to be mm-hmm. someone that ignores everything, picks up the rug and just sweeps. It's that balance. That's exactly right. Virtue and vice. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is. Uh, That's, you know, taking it to another level, that's that's what gets frustrating sometimes as a leader. Uh, Some people don't appreciate the mercy that you're showing to others, all right, that they Uh. themselves are receiving in their own way and that they would really like for you (laughs) to let other people have it. Whereas if you let them have it, <laughs> isn't that in the, the truth? way that they deserved it? All right. Yes. So I'm saying that only because uh, those provoking spirits that I was mentioning earlier mm-hmm. that uh, you choose to ignore. All right. You choose to ignore them as was already stated, I believe by brother McKillop is because sometimes uh, people and spirits want you to make victims out of individuals it will justify their wounded spirit right all right if you attack them so to speak or you address them Mm -hmm. it will justify you know their complaints right and so you you realize it so you choose to ignore but what happens is those same spirits and demons start screaming you are a coward now you don't have the courage to deal with it (sighs) yeah and you in wisdom realize, Hey, I, I need to ignore this situation, but those spirits hate being ignored. Yes. So they cry the louder. They cry the louder and say, well, you're a coward, right? You don't have the courage. Yeah. That's an ambidextrous spirit, isn't it? There you go. It's it's kind of like the devil tempting you. (laughs) That's exactly right. The devil tempting you and then condemning you when you Mm. give in. You loser. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so they they argue both sides. If they can't get you, 
to give in, and then then it's that you don't have what it takes. That's exactly right. Well, yeah, and you condone so, it, you harbor it, you are enabling it, right? Right. Because you won't deal with it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. And and so sometimes a wise warrior looks weak. Oh wow. Wow, listen to that. Mm. Boy, that's so true. Imagine with me, David has got his whole household and his leadership team walking out from Jerusalem. The Bible says everybody's weeping and crying. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's letting a rebellious Absalom have his yes. way. Yes. Yes. There's people cursing him, throwing rocks and throwing rocks at him. Yeah. And he just walks away. And he says, All right. It could be that the Lord God wants that's right. Yeah. This may be God. Yeah. And if God wants me back in Jerusalem, hmm. I'll be back in Jerusalem. Absolutely. Now David was a warrior. But if you got a warrior that in wisdom says, this is a moment I've got to be me and I've got to let the Lord handle this one, you better get ready. God will handle it. Wow. Wow. That is so true. That is, yeah. And, and, and that is the, those two bookends to what you've just described. If you go back to last week, of David not pondering and starting a three-day fast to mm-hmm. try to find out what to do with the lamb that's the, the lion that's attacking the lamb. In wisdom, he understood what he was supposed to do as a shepherd. But in wisdom, he also understood what not to do as a warrior mm-hmm. in those moments. That's it. That encapsulates leadership. <laughs> that's, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> That is it. That is it. That's right. Uh, that's right. Hey, think about Joseph. I thought about Joseph this morning. All right. Can you imagine Potiphar walking in his house saying, hey, babe, do you remember that guy named Joseph? Yes. Do you remember we used to have a slave that one day you held up a coat? Yeah and said, this man was trying to act inappropriate with me, and you lied on him? He may not have said you lied on him. In my mind, this is what he could have said. You better hope what you said was true, or he's got a different heart, because today the king just put him up to be prime minister. Mm-hmm. You put him in the prison, but the king just put him as prime minister, and you better hope he's got a different heart now that he's got power over you or you're in trouble. <sighs> Absolutely. So I'm only saying this as leaders, we better be very careful how we deal and handle. Oh, wow. I'm bombing that. That's, that's good. Okay, we have to, Pastor Townley. Because this has got everything to do with the dream that God gave Joseph in the beginning, 
which is the brethren bowing down mm -hmm. as sheaves, right? To yeah, him. Right. And he had to pass that test with Potiphar's wife mm -hmm. so that when they came in. Yeah, exactly right. Mm, so good. He didn't so use his position mm -hmm. to keep him from the destination that God had given him in dream form all of those years before. But they bowed down before him. And he was meek enough to go, I am your brother. Come here. Let me embrace you. You meant it for evil. Right. <laughs> he didn't say, lick my feet while you're down there. Yeah, no, he didn't. He'd no, have said that say if it had happened way back at the breakfast table. <laughs> oh, that's good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, all that matters right now is I'm okay and you're okay and we're together. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh. That's a big man right there that says that. That's a big man. Mm -hmm. No coincidence that so, he's a type of Christ. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's, it's so important how we handle little people oh. before they ever become big. Hmm. So I'll tell you another story. And, and I know at some point we'll end, but let's pull up another David story. There was a time in David's life where he was very tempted to avenge himself. <clears throat> Yes. Uh, he was in a vulnerable state. He was running for his life. Yes. You know, in his own words, he was running like a flea through the wilderness. Saul was wanting to kill him. Um, and his men were needy. They had been showing kindness to a guy named Nabal and Nabal's yeah. uh, shepherds yeah. and protected them. And they didn't take any of the lambs or take advantage of the shepherds in any way. They just served. And there was a time that uh, David made a request back to Nabal and said, listen, would you give my men and give us some food? Uh, and when the men approached Nabal and said, David would like for you to show us kindness, the man said, who's Nabal? I'm sorry, who's David? Who's da yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's yeah. David <clears throat> that he would make a request and that's, you know, that I should give him anything that I own. And that, in a modern term, ticked David off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely it did. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I mean, he he was already in a state of humiliation. He was a man of purpose, destiny, he was anointed, and now he's just running for his life and and he's just in a vulnerable state. And and in that moment where this guy was like, "Who's David?" David was like, uh, I'll show him who David is." He said, guys, gird up your swords. Let's go. Let's go. You know it, Let's right? Attack. Yeah. Calling you out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show him who David is. He wants to know who David is. I'll, I'll yeah. show him who David is. He'll let's, get to know who David is. Let's set up a meet and greet. Up. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that warrior came alive in him. Yes. He said, I'll, I'll show him who David is. And while he's running, a lady meets him uh, with 200 loaves of bread mm -hmm. yeah. with raisins, wine. She says, I'm Abigail. I'm Nabal's wife. Yeah. I hear what's going on. Listen, David, Nabal's like his name. Yeah. He's a fool. He's a fool. He is not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. a <laughs> He don't understand how to handle his power uh, yes, and his place and his authority. Yes. And, and he's a fool. So she said, David, listen, you're not going to be 
David in the wilderness all your life. One of these days, you're going to be king. And you're going to be on the throne. And when you get to that place, you don't want to have any regret of having shed unnecessary blood. You don't want causeless blood to be shed by you. You yes. don't want to one day when you get to the place of power, have yes. regret. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so she was able to talk him down and reason with him and help his anger to abate. And as a result, he didn't go act upon his warrior nature. And further to that point, God dealt with Nabal. Yes, he did. So the yes, ultimate outcome that David would have rendered, God did. That's right. So the key is, don't be a fool when fooling with a fool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Don't yes. be a fool when you're fooling with a fool. How many times? Well, let me just say it like this. God. I was watching my son play basketball with a guy one time. He was just a young boy. And this other guy was young and he was being unkind to my son and he was cheating. I mean, and I was watching him and I was like, oh God, don't let my son become like what he's dealing with. Uh. Don't let him become dishonest and begin cheating to try to win. And I, in that moment, I learned the Lord impressed my heart and said, I wonder how many times God has looked over my life and said, don't let him become like what he's dealing with. Wow. Wow. Moses was dealing with angry people and he became an mm -hmm. angry man and made an angry God. Exactly. <sighs> wow. Yes, sir. And, and, and so my point about David is that if we're going to survive these moments where we're angry and we're tempted to be less than meek, yeah, we better learn to listen to voices of reason. We got to have somebody God that can was, talk us down. That's right. There is voices and listen, we don't get to choose who God uses to speak to us. Well said but when he speaks. We better listen. Yeah. There's some folks would say, oh, I've got a board of elders and only God will speak to me through a board of elders. Yeah. He may send a wise woman running down your road to keep you from doing something foolish. You better listen. That's exactly right. And a part of being meek is I don't care where I get my wisdom from. I want it. <sighs> mm -hmm. Come on, Naaman. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Comes from I ain't doing it unless the prophet gave it to me. Well, <laughs> comes from the funniest places, doesn't yeah, it? It sure mm. does. How bad so, you want to be healed? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah. The sicker you get, the more you're going to listen. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. That's right. I don't know how far we went. I don't know if we got time for one more point or two or where we're at. Man, give us one more. Give us one more for the road. All right. One more for the road. Oh, Lord. Man, you're I helping people two. today. This I've, is great. I've got two, all right? And I don't want to go a long time, but I got two. Give us both. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Number one, and that is, I'll make it quickly, and that is find a trusting friend. If, if 
if you've been praying and fasting and, and repenting and forgiving and, and doing all you can do to get over some emotions, hurtful emotions are wounds and offense. It wants to turn into bitterness as a leader. If you, if you've been doing everything you can and, and you just can't get through it yeah. and that it won't go away, find you a friend, find you a mentor, a pastor or a spiritual leader that you can absolutely trust. Absolutely. And, and talk about it. I have learned as a leader, there's some things you got to talk to somebody you can trust. So good. So you good. Never get over or never get beyond that. That kind of fits in. And I know you're, I don't want to cut into what you're saying, but that, that fits into the whole, there, there are some things and the Holy ghost can fix anything. The Holy ghost is God, but it leads us and guides us as well. And there are some things that after you've prayed through, you still have got to just get it off of your chest. Yeah. So good. There may, there may be some wisdom that and understanding that can be gleaned by that conversation. That's needful. I think it's Jordan Peterson that says there's something about humanity that, that psychologically, as you verbalize it, you begin to go, Oh, that don't make sense. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or it helps you collect your feelings into a describable mm -hmm. emotion. And, and, and you either, you either anal uh, through analysis and through speaking go, uh, forget it. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And so to, to finalize this point, that is the Lord spoke to me sometime back and said, if we do not begin developing more trusting relationships in ministry and leadership, we are going to lose more leaders. Oh God, that is so it's true. Complicated. It's challenging to make ourselves vulnerable and who can we trust? Right. But we better learn and we better find out. Yes. So good. Ultimately, ultimately do something that will limit our ability to continue as a leader. Wow. We got to get these things out of us that would uh, cause us to give unhealthy responses at, while we're performing leadership. All right. Wow. Is there one more you was going to give? Yeah. Go. I thought we might could go ahead and finish here. No way. I'll, let's I'll do it. Go, go. And, and that is, you know, sometimes as a, as a pastor, there's been moments where I've got into a service and I've, I've spelt, I, I'm sorry, I've felt the spiritual warfare. You know, maybe we had good services for two weeks. All of a sudden I step into a service. I'm like, Ooh, it's locked down. I'm like, Whoa, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. And it, it gets frustrating. It's disappointing when those moments happen. And I'm like, okay, is it sin? Right. Has right. people disobeyed? Is there something in me? Have I failed to appropriately approach the Lord and prepare myself? You know, I begin running through the checklist of what uh, may be causing this spiritual lockdown, so to speak. And I'm like, okay, um, I'm, I'm discerning. I'm feeling it out. I've got my spiritual antennas and saying, all right, God, what's the issue here? Yeah. What has got the spirit locked down? Sometimes I begin to realize it's not sin. Sometimes it's spirits that want to hinder our forward progress. 
And the answer is to not rebuke sin, not just attack the people for being carnal or not, you know, being as expressive in worship as we would feel, or, you know, they feel the tightness too. Sure. Sometimes it is spirits that's trying to hinder us from continue to go forward and experience the fullness of revival that God has for our churches. Right. So what do I do in that moment? If it's not sin, all right, and if I've prepared myself adequately, sometimes what I do, I reach back into the reservoir and I find promises that God has made pertaining to me and my assembly. Good. And I begin to use the word of prophecy as a weapon in my mouth, and I remind the people of God's plans and God's purposes for so us. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> All right. An example of this is where when Martin Luther King gave his famous I Have a Dream speech. Yeah. When he released his manuscript, the copy of his speech to the news reporters that he was going to give, that final portion that he's remembered by wasn't there. Where he says, I have a dream. Mm-hmm. That wasn't in the That's original. Right. It's not yeah. there. What happened? They said Mahaya Jackson, when he got close to the end of his speech, was on the platform with him that day and said, Tell him about your dream, Martin. Tell him about your dream. Ah! Mm. And he begins to wind down to the end of his speech. And before he finishes, though, he wakes it back up for one last crescendo. And he says, I have a dream. And I'm telling you, sometimes it's not an attack. It's a word of prophecy that becomes a weapon in our mouth. Wow. The sword is not to deal with sin. It's to deal with the spirits that are seeking to keep us from going forward. Yes. And if he'd have done that rather than striking out at the rock, there you go. He'd have probably witnessed the destination. So good, man. No doubt you've helped a lot of people today, Pastor Townley. Folks, you got to chime in and let Pastor Townley know how much you appreciate how he has helped us today. Wow. You can head over to kingdomspeak.ca. You can communicate with us there. Comments on YouTube. Give us feedback, uh, social media. This is some life-changing stuff. We want to be that unflappable leader, Pastor Townley. Thank you for helping us today. 